Podtackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, presents episode 831, The Man Behind the Forged Helmet, recorded live on August 18th and 20th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Dust Storm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show for the live stream part, but for those that are listening via download, you're going to have a special treat from a recording that we'll be doing this weekend with Installation 00 and getting a little update on his Mjolnir armor project that he's been working on. So, Ooh, beans. To, yeah, look forward to that a little bit later in the podcast. But for here tonight, we've got a couple of new Halo things to talk about, and then we'll be off for a couple of weeks from the live recording podcast. Um, I have, for those who know him, Ace that will be here on Thursday, and it will be his wife's birthday, so we're going to be treating them to dinner next Thursday for her birthday. And then the next Thursday, I will be in Seattle for PAX. So mm. you all get two weeks without me. <laughs> So don't well, burn you know, the house down while I'm gone. You should have just wrestled Ace onto the podcast. Uh, I mean, there, there will probably be some shenanigans that we will get ourselves into and probably record and put something up. So we'll probably do something. But No, really? Shenanigans? Yeah. Yeah. And plus, we've got a kind of a... He's, he's a little bit more free on Saturday, so we might do something. I don't know if you're around mm. Saturday. We could do a Saturday fun podcast type thing, Bob or whatever. We'll see what happens. Maybe. Anyways. Uh, we've got a new uh, community spotlight up for this month. We've got the latest come around of Fracture Entrenched going on week four of six. Just started a little bit earlier this week. And a couple other small things to get to before we get to the interview part. But first of all, let's do a little bit of a podtacular recap. GT, how's Fragging Friday? It's actually really good. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Started out in SWAT. I'm sorry, Tactical Slayer. <laughs> the politically correct way to say it, I guess. Had to go there, didn't you? That's Merry my, Christmas! That's, I mean, oh. that's my guess. Uh, anyway. Die Hard's a we, uh, Christmas movie. We did wind up in Big Team. We had a lot of fun. Uh, seems like everybody was enjoying the time in Infinite. Very good. Was it... Um, as the night went on, my playing got worse. Start off on the high, and then it just slowly... No, it wasn't so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Good game, the, terrible game. <laughs> it's like you, you hit Bomber's Peak real quick, and then you quickly go down the other way. You should Crash come for that, burn, like, <laughs> baby. <laughs> like playing video games. Like you start off strong, and then you just go... Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, actually just looking at my... Uh, stats for last week and it, the you know the stat goes like yes up and then it boom, to the basement yeah no it kind of stayed up there <laughs> kills went down deaths went up <laughs> right very nice and then i saw you had another little play session on your own channel as you were testing out some things 
Yeah. Uh, I downloaded the OBS 28 beta. Wanted to kind of get a feel for it. And uh, I did about an hour long stream on my own channel, just playing some infinite, uh, seeing how it reacts. So far, I'm liking it. Right now, there's a lot of the different plugins that I use that are not available yet because they have to be updated for OBS 28. 28. But um, if you're interested, I do recommend that you uh, get on YouTube. There are several people out there talking about it that dig into more detail about the changes that are made. Uh, There's some stuff that were in OBS 27 that you had to have a plugin to do that they have now integrated into OBS 28. So like I said, if you're interested, I definitely would recommend checking it out. I would recommend if you're going to install it to test it, export files and scenes. Well, first thing you do, well, it kind of all depends on your profile as in scenes. First thing you need to do is look up how to install it in portable mode because it will override your existing Mm. OBS 27 install, even if you install it in a separate folder. So look up how to install it in portable mode. It's not that hard. There's two different ways to do it. You can go to the OBS forums and it shows you exactly how to do it. And it's pretty much a copy paste is all you have to do. But yeah, I enjoyed it quite well. Um, I was going to try the virtual cam tonight, but I ran out of time to set it up before a podcast. <laughs> and I really didn't want to part with it anyway. I mean, that kind of stuff usually takes some time to troubleshoot and get right. Well, so being, yeah, it's all good. It, well, you know, like, I didn't have to adjust it tonight or anything. Like, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, the uh, Zoom got screwed up on my virtual camera. I don't know what it is. Anyway. You just digitally did it with o- your OBS going to Skype and you were having fun with it. I just blew it. up the picture. Right. Is all I did. Just <laughs> get out. One of the good things, uh, this is one thing. One of the good things about OBS 28 is if you stretch something beyond the preview, you still get lines. So you can still stretch. Well, you got that in 27 too. Nope. Uh, once, once the line goes out of the preview window, you have to move the picture over to grab the line again. Huh. Oh, to actually grab it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would show up, but you couldn't grab it. But all right. Yeah, quality of life improvements definitely helpful. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting it to uh, getting it uh set up. And I see you've also tried your hand it. at shorts as well. Yes, I did. I reposted and excuse me while I move my picture so my chin is not behind my name tag. <laughs> I need to make those name tags a lot smaller. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I fixed. I fixed. I fixed. Well, anyway, I, I, I plan at some point to actually make the the vertical portraits instead of horizontal portraits. So I, I do plan on doing that. I just got to get my button gear to do that. Anyways, go on. Well, maybe I don't want to rotate 90 degrees. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, I did put up a short on my personal channel. I reposted my stuck it short and I actually made it a short this time. So it can be seen on mobile. And uh, so far it's actually, Pretty amazing how many people have already watched it. 
Let me check here real quick. That's nice. My first one did well. My second one got nothing. I checked the other day. My second short had six views. <laughs> so yeah. my first one did really well. My second one flopped. So I need to upload another one and see if it does any good or not. Uh, we've also got, let's see, Pins was also streaming some Halo campaign earlier this week. And we've got I Am Him posting another little video that he's done. He's posted quite a few of them. I think he does some some of his own just kind of like montage type things and other little video clips. So he's posted a couple of videos in there. So go on over and check them out. Yeah, I actually got 70 views in three days. Not bad. Not bad hey, at all. Hey, that's, that's like world record for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I think the only only videos I have more than or have seventy views on are videos that have been up for years. <laughs> I still get views on my ODST achievement guides and then the Halo Two Mjolnir versus Gungnir soundtrack mm-hmm. things. Oh yeah, it's still at six views. As for achieving Halo, that did not happen because I had a scare with my computer. I restarted for an update. And my computer just would hang. And I would check the hard drive LED indicator. And it wasn't flashing for like two or three minutes. I'm like, okay, that's a problem. So I hard shut off and started again. And it didn't happen. So after that, I smashed F8. And then it said preparing automatic repair. After about two seconds, it went to black screen. No hard drive LED. I'm like, well, crap. <coughs> Yeah, I'm sitting there eating dinner, and I get a ding. Well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, on a whim, I just turned it on. And I'm like, maybe Windows is one of those tizzies where it just needs time to just sit and think. So, I I powered it on yesterday morning. Started logging into my work computer since I work from home. And after I got that back up, I'm like, oh, there's my logon screen. Okay. After like five, seven minutes of it just kind of sitting there doing its thing. So apparently I wasn't patient enough. Just <laughs> rolled back to Windows 98 on his home computer. That's what he, the part he's not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so no kidding. I have a Windows 98 VM just so I can play some old games. Hey. So for a while there, for a while there, I, I had, I never could get the 98 one to work right. But I had... I'm using VirtualBox. I don't know if that's... Well, this was on my Android server, so... Okay. But I had... What I had? Oh, I had Emmy, And everybody asked me why. I don't know why, because I had the hard... <laughs> I had the disks. You had the disk, yeah. Uh, I had XP Media Edition. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Uh, yeah. I had Windows 7... Home and Windows 7 Pro running. Okay. Then for a little while, I had an Android VM running. Never could get that to work correctly. Hmm. It's a pain to remote into Android without paying someone for apps. I want to pay. I want to pay somebody for that. I mean, you can get. There's several different solutions out there to. Yeah, I, I tried several of them, and I never could get them to work correctly. Keep in mind, this is a virtual Android device, so gotcha. it, it it didn't play well. But yeah, right now I'm at I have one 
VM. Okay. I have a Windows 7 VM, and that's just so I can keep using my accounting software because I'm stubborn and don't want to change. Fair enough. It's All isolated right. from the internet, so yep. no inbound traffic from the outside the building. <laughs> it's interesting going on the Windows, the Windows 98 VM, and of course, IE doesn't have SSL support with how mm-hmm. old that is, so there's only some websites that work with Internet Explorer. And I haven't downloaded Firefox to that yet, but for websites that do run on just an HTTP connection, it dang fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really fast. Yeah, it's one yeah. thing I got about websites. It just seems like the faster the internet connections get, the slower websites load. Well, it's because most websites you're actually reaching out to 20 different servers for one page. Like I said, it's Content the faster networks. our connections get, the more crap they try to download. You know, it used to be you went to a website, you got that website. You got text. In text with, you know, like white background, that's it. <laughs> if you wanted to watch a video, it was going to take you 10 minutes because you had to download it first. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Technology has changed. Broadband and security, copyright, advertisers. You name it. Anyways. Well, we've strayed away from this for a while, but uh, needless to say, there was no achieving Halo this week. Because my computer decided to have a tizzy. So, we'll try again next week. Anyways. Uh, so, that's it for our little community corner. For the official Halo news type stuff, we talked about the spotlight earlier. If you want to go check it out, halowaypoint.com. Lots of cool things in here. I really like the couple of how they have some of the feature ones, they actually have a uh, gallery now. Mm-hmm. So the, the first two by sleepy and then the next three by low poly NPC. Uh, and just having that gallery view is kind of really cool to be able to highlight multiple pieces from one person. So that's really cool. I like spurt and clippy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the plasma grenade candle was pretty cool. The mm-hmm. little 3D painted mini diorama stuff was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one that, like, there's a couple more that really stuck out to me, but the, I think I've met the guy who made the real life-size Master Chief. I think I've met him at some convention somewhere, because he looks familiar. Yeah. yeah. And, like, this is pretty legit. I don't know how long it took took him to make the infinite version of Master Chief, but it's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like it's almost straight from the game. Thank you, Pencil. There the is always. Uh, a lot of talented people out there. They're really and patient is. people because that takes a lot of patience. That takes a lot of time and even more talent. Oh, mm-hmm. I got a response back from Stream Elements support. Uh, yes, anyways. we know it's broken. Oh, thanks for your contacting us. Our bot is currently down. Our devs are investigating the issue and it should be resolved in the near future. Cool. See? So it was it's down. It's Stream Elements' fault, not ours. They said, keep an eye on our Twitter. Well, your Twitter didn't say Jack, Stream Elements. Thank you. Twitter didn't <laughs> tell us it was broken. Exactly. That's the that's first why, place we looked. That's why I opened the support ticket in the first place. It's because I looked everywhere I should have looked. I was a good consumer of product and actually checked 
all the places first. Anyways, nope, sounds good. Hey, got a timely response, so that's yeah. A plus, A plus for you on that stream elements. No kidding. Really liking that. I'll respond to you after the podcast. Um, <clears throat> the other one I thought was really cool was the uh, don't know if this was pastels or watercolor, but the prone prone to drift. Then the little speaker chip. Yeah, that's a pretty good that one. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the other one I liked was the Hunter and the ODST. That one was really cool. It's like almost real life. Mm-hmm. But I, it I almost got me. It almost got me almost. too. Because I I'm looked like, at I looked at the Spartan first and I'm like, okay, that looks real. But then I looked at the Hunter and I'm like, uh, the shading on that is too sharp to be real. What so, got me was the uh, worms. Mean, like the orange, the worms. Okay, but yeah, it, it like it almost fooled me. But it's, I mean, rendering technology has just work. gotten that much. Really good camera work. Yeah, I like the little bayonet attachment on the uh, commando as well. Mm-hmm. Nice little customization touch there. So that's the spotlight. Uh, like we mentioned before, Fracture Entrenched fourth week is now out. There is the Eagle Strike Armor Core that you can get on your way to unlocking. I just checked. I am at level 13 out of 30 on the Battle Pass. So I'll be grinding away with that a little bit this weekend. And then we have also have part three of the last Sky Marshal part out now. So that's going alongside this fracture entrenched event. So part three is out. Part four will be, I guess, coming out for the next week after people have a chance to read the story and then vote for their next influential step. And then we'll get part five as part of the finale. So head on over to Halo Waypoint to check both of those out. On the playlist side of things, I haven't checked this quite yet, but I believe they tweeted what the MCC one was going to be for this week, and I'm delaying because oh, there's more Halo gear. There's more season two. Yay! Halo gear that's more out. Halo gear. Oh, that's cool. That's there's actually a couple cool cool things on here. Now that I'm looking at it, MCC is Escalation Slayer. So that's what's come to MCC. Uh oh, there's a is that new? There's a Xbox Game Pass Ultimate perk for the. VK78 Commando Lean Green. Don't know if we've talked about that before. Anyway, it looks like there's a Game Pass Ultimate perk. If you are a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, uh, head on over to your Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate app on your console or the Xbox app on your PC. Claim it, and then you can redeem it to get a nice, cool green skin for your Commando rifle. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a couple of things on here for the looks like season two specific, some new HCS merch as well that they've released. Um, all this is over at gear.xbox.com. And yeah, so that's everything going on there. Question for you. Purple. Not quite an answer that fits with the question I was going to ask, but blue. I did buy the cookbook. Okay. Should we have a review corner of trying some recipes and reviewing some recipes of from the cookbook. No, cause I don't like cooking that much. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go right ahead, I mean like I would like, 
Well, I was going to offer if like you wanted to cook them and both of us could cook them at the same time, but I mean, I could cook them and then talk about them. If you want to do that, that's fine. Okay. I just, yeah. I'm just, Would people be interested in that? Let us know. It's up on Twitter or in the discord. I'll wait the two weeks while I'm away to see what people think about it. But if you all would like to, for me to cook some of this stuff and see what it tastes like and give some honest feedback about it, I will do that. Surprise Laird's in here not talking about, well, why don't you do the journal first? Anyways. Uh, so that's all we've got halo wise for the night. Not a lot of community stuff going on either. So for those on the podcast, you see a funny apron. Confell says, I mean, I have three different aprons. I don't know if I have a funny apron, which one I've I've got one that's Alton Brown. I've got one that is just a gray one. I've got, I know I've have, I have a couple aprons. Need to see a funny apron. So I will, I guess I'll have Melissa video record (laughs) certain parts of it. and Maybe make that into a short or something for podcast channel. I don't know. Oh, that'd be an interesting little series. <laughs> do <laughs> do little cooking shorts for the Potacular YouTube. And tonight on Potacular Cooking, gotta come up with a, a cool title for that. Anyways, so now it's time to pop over to our interview with Installation Zero Zero. So. Installation Zero Zero, welcome back to Potacular. It's been yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been, been a little bit. I can't remember. Do we have you on in 2020 or 2021? I don't remember which year it was. COVID messed everything it was 20, up. Time it was 2020, yeah, time wise. I think it was 2021. Okay, so it's been it's been a year. It was, at least. I think it was just before you hit 100,000, just before the face reveal and all that jazz. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So. How's it like being that, a free man? Feels like a, <laughs> yeah, it feels a lot longer ago than, than than that. But yeah, it's especially like it's it's. I think it's the it's weird. It's the inflation as well. So it's like a year ago, it took me two and a two and a half, nearly three years to get to a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and now I'm at I'm pushing one hundred eighty thousand. Yeah. so another twenty thousand. I'm at two hundred thousand. It's like what? Right, <laughs> right. You're almost but, there um, to the yeah. That's that's yeah, great. It's um. It's it's yeah it's wonderfully freeing. Um, obviously, people now know the face behind Installation Zero Zero, and it's also opened me up, opened the opportunity up for me anyway to open um, a few other channels as well. So I've got stuff going on elsewhere now, where I'm my my mug is is more in the public <laughs> eye yeah. than it has been previously. But yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a bit of a roller coaster. Not kidding, uh, Hero Timo to the date. He, I don't know if you found this or if you actually remember this hero, but. May tenth of twenty twenty one, so a little over a year. Wow! I'm assuming this. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah, that's here, U- UK notation, not US notation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's um that's yeah that's Timo from um, my <laughs> Discord. He's um he's one of my mods, but I I, I remember when he first came in, he he started. He was like our like our own personal Google. If we haven't any chat, he was he was literally just on it that's feeding cool. through information. So. That's cool. He's he's now just doing it with me. I've become the subject. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hello there, Prestige. Hello there, Gingerhead. Thanks for coming on over. Um, hey guys, we've got a special treat because we had I think just talked about this project, or like you you were just getting around to it when we had you on the podcast last year. Yeah, and now it's been yeah. about a year. You've got you've come quite a ways to prototyping and putting some things together. Yeah. So 
how's it been over the last year? Have have you lost any hours of sleep yet? You still, I I'm still impressed on how crazy your schedule is with building Mjolnir, having your YouTube videos, and now you're live streaming too. I don't know how long you've been yeah. doing that, but I've noticed you've been live streaming too. So yeah. what, what's what's been up the last year? Yeah, I've I've, I've lost more than a few hours of sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's um. No, it's it's. I mean, it's a busy busy schedule. I mean, yeah, I've I've got a lot on a lot of the time, and it's just yeah, it's always a juggling act between everything I've got going on, family life, and everything else. But you know, I've I've managed somehow. Yeah, I've made ridiculous ridiculous pro- progress considering the scope and scale of the project. Yeah, in the year, and there's been there's been some turbulent times. I've 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 taken great joy in um in reversing the opinions of the very vocal people early on. <laughs> who were um, who were naysaying the project and what I, what I could possibly do with it, and yeah, just just it's it's been I mean it's been a hell of a time as I'm sure you know for for a, a fan of Halo for the Halo community in general. It's been up and down the past year. Yeah. It's been a hell of a. I mean we've we've seen some really really. I mean we've seen some great moments, but we've this we've really been dragged through the through the muck on more than one occasion over this past year. And that's that's tough to see as someone who's who's so uh, entrenched and, and 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 involved with the community. But all in all, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in the position I am, and I'm I'm very happy and very thankful and grateful for the position I'm in. And yeah, things have been going well. Very nice. So, and it seems like all the lore video is still doing very well. I think most most yeah. of your videos are still in kind of the seventy to hundred k range. Which is pretty good on average. On average, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, and then the um, obviously we'll probably want to get your quick thoughts on Halo Infinite, but also the Halo TV show since you did your Gold versus Silver timeline series as well. Yeah. Um, but I want to give the floor to you a little bit. What, what's been going on with Project Mjolnir? What's been going on with with YouTube? So yeah, so YouTube's been diversifying as I, as I said earlier. I've got I've got some additional channels now which have come online. I've got f- four. Which again, how now, are you managing yeah. all of this? <laughs> with with great difficulty. Now, I've, it's it's I, I'm I'm managing to distribute my my time quite quite well, and a couple of the channels are more low effort, not low effort. That's the wrong that's the wrong term. <laughs> Do not take as much time they don't to. They don't. They don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so produce. So the likes of Installation Zero are the most detailed breakdowns. They require a huge amount of research and and. Um, fact checking and and collating and bringing all that sort of stuff together. So I I keep that relatively reserved to just installation zero zero and my second channel, the local multiverse, where I do similar stuff but with different franchises. Yep. That's relatively high energy. But then I've got uh, the zero zero lounge, which is basically me Chilling. chatting about whatever the hell it is that I fancy chatting about at any given time. That in- that involves like I sometimes I just record some like weekly Discord calls. Because we get into quite interesting conversations that I just like to to give air to, yeah. And sometimes it's just me holding a camera in front of my face and, and, <laughs> and yeah, talking about stuff that interests me. Um, and then I've got Ambient Wonders, which is where I'm doing audio tours, so to speak, of different levels from different games. I'm starting with Halo, but I'm going to branch out over time. And it's it's similar to what you get with like just ambient sounds, you know, where people just stand in a level and listen to the sound. They'll record like an hour video. Yep. Of just that looped, that loop sounds similar to that, but it's an audio tour. So that I basically I make all effort to walk through the levels 
slowly and quietly enough while also trying to make sure enemies aren't a big you know like a, a big thing and a distracting factor yeah and um and allow the ambience of the different sections of the level kind of carry people through and, and get people to fall asleep to it or study to it or whatever the case may be um, and i've been known to do a little bit of Gregorian monk chanting on a, on occasion as well. There's one just coming out <laughs> soon, actually, which is the Sacred Icon Suite with just me. So that's that'll be interesting. A man of so, many talents. Yeah. <laughs> so so YouTube's been doing yeah been doing very well. Um, like I say big juggling that, but Mjolnir is a different a different um, kettle of fish altogether. I mean, I I, kn- I sort of had a feeling it was going to be a big thing when obviously we last spoke about it. Yeah. And it, and I was I was fully prepared for it to capture people's attention and 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 the like. And it's it's had it, it started at a really high peak where loads of people were intrigued or it was being talked about a lot. And then it tapered off quite dramatically um, while I was just sort of getting the raw materials together and and just talking through how I was going to go about doing it. And I suppose because they the the public at, at large hadn't seen any big delivery, so to speak, of, of yeah. a big breakthrough. So interest drifted i suppose organically off yeah until <laughs> until april just gone which is which marks the year that i actually announced the project and i revealed the helmet mm-hmm. in its in its current build state and that went huge the video clocked 107,000 views only a few days after it uploaded which is one of my better performing yeah. videos it's been the the tweets about it have been liked and 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 retweeted by ex Bungie employees, including like Marcus Leto, the father of the Master Chief. It's been retweeted and liked by current employees of Three Four Three Industries, members of Microsoft, members of the Hololens, because obviously the Hololens is is a big integral part of the is, yeah. of the build, and it's it's been covered by by a, a journalist as well so we've had like a like a you know sort of a, a story done on it as well and it's just it's just snowballing now <laughs> and obviously it's 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 by definition it's public funded it's it's a it's a crowdfunding it is yeah so i i'm trying to be as as transparent as humanly possible on what the money's been spent on and how it's been spent i'm trying to make every pound and penny work as hard as possible and um we've made some miraculous miraculous sort of development over that time but there's some really big things coming so well just from what you've worked on so far it i mean well like you said there's still a lot of that kind of modeling and prototyping to to really do early on so the fact that you're it makes sense to take a while to get to this point where you actually have something physical but yeah i think it's just really cool to see oh someone's actually kind of making like because we've seen the life-size statues we've seen cosplayers so this is like taking that to the like this is the peak level that we've ever seen it at so it's yeah, just yeah all of our nerd yeah, synapses the, the, are firing the, the nerd <laughs> is happening yeah. yeah but um yeah there's i mean there's some there's some huge huge things on the way i mean the the most recent video i put out um was like a helmet showcase because the helmet is nearing not quite but it's nearing completion um the only things left to do on the helmet now really is to refine the hud um speaking of which uh, literally about four or five hours ago, I received the most recent build of the of the HUD software package from um, from Crater, a guy who's helping um, develop the the Hololens HUD package, uh, and it's it's 
absolutely phenomenal. It, <laughs> I mean, like I started it up and it did the it did the little boot ups text thing that we see in Halo Infinite, yep. and it even even went f- above and beyond. And he added in the shield recharge sound as it was going through <laughs> to really give you the feel of like Mjolnir starting up. Cool. It's, it's just it's that's looking fantastic. I'm looking forward to giving the HUD a bit of a showcase because the HUD's becoming much more complex. So it'd be great to to go through that. Um, obviously, the next big thing for the helmet specifically is the shell of the helmet is going to be 3D printed on a direct metal laser sintering printer in titanium grade five, and the um, the frame that we've built inside of the helmet to actually support all of the additional technology and, and components inside of it is going to be machined on a CNC mill out of um, type uh, out of aluminium 7075 or an aircraft grade aluminium. It's an alloy, extremely strong, okay. uh, but extraordinarily lightweight. So they're the next big things for the helmet. But we've also got, I, I started this journey very very quickly after um, the, the project went live. I started by developing the, the environment systems. So a body mm-hmm. heating and cooling system. The heating system was carbon fiber, okay. carbon fiber heating pads. And the cooling system was a liquid cooled system um, that uses uh, Peltier heat pumps to drop the temperature of the, of the water that that little bit lower um so it gives you about 15 degrees centigrade worth of fluid um flowing around the torso to keep you cool and the heating warms you to about 40 degrees centigrade which is about the same as a warm bath okay and that covers all of your torso your hands and your feet that is all being integrated into a one to one remake of the Spartan 4 BDU uh, that we see in Spartan Ops. I, okay. I had to acquire some assistance with that because I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm useless with a sewing machine and a needle and thread. I've seen the, um, the near-finished product. It's had to be adjusted in size because I've been, I've been um, on a bit of a fitness kick and I've been working out and my chest has gotten bigger, <laughs> so they had to adjust a few things. But it looks like... It looks fantastic. If I rocked up to cosplay wearing this, wearing this thing, it it just it looks so legit. It's unreal. That's incredible. And just, all that needs to happen is when I get that, I just integrate the heat and cooling system I've got, I've developed here, into the inner surface of it, and it's that's where we're pretty much squared away. It's also got all of the built-in sensors for um, for tracking my heart rate and general biometrics. Mm-hmm. As well as various other little sensors to keep a keep an eye on sort of the overall body temperature of of me and regulate a few other different peripheral systems. Yeah, and it's just yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to showing people that. And is that a lot of stuff that will because you're primarily working on the helmet first? Yeah, and then obviously you'll have the rest of the armor that kind of goes with it. Obviously, the helmet being kind of the, probably the more tech intensive part of it. Definitely. I'm assuming there's probably going to have to be iterations where connections between the helmet and the suit will need improvements, updates to the HUD and all that stuff. So is is that something that you yeah. kind of planned out as far as, okay, I know I need to account for these things from the armor coming, connecting back to the helmet. So you've given some wiggle room in design for later or. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the, um, what's great about the, the, the guy I've got on board with um, developing the HoloLens HUD system is he's extremely skilled in Unity and the Unity engine and, and the HoloLens um, application runs on the Unity engine. Oh, and I didn't know that. It just happens that, Un- huh. that Unity has 
has additional uh, modules and, and features you can bring online that allow support of um, Arduino, Raspberry Pi, and a few other different, um, oh, different microprocessor yeah. platforms. So um, it's basically a case of a software solution to link hardware systems together. Um, so it's a little bit of little bit of like you know gentle tweaking to get them to communicate happily, but it um, it's doable, more than doable. So the systems inside of the um, the, the the BDU. So for example, the heart monitor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because we're because the whole goal of this is to develop a, uh, a, a as close to lore accurate version of, of, the, old of the technology we have technology. today. Yeah, right. We can't make energy shields. That's a, <laughs> that's a problem. So, so because of that, rather than having the energy shield bar at the top of the HUD, uh, we're replacing it with a live readout of my heart rate. Okay. So the HUD, the HUD, um, the recharge bar that would be the shield in the center of the of the HUD will actually be my my sine wave heart pulse going through which would be quite interesting okay and um yeah some some interesting design considerations have been made along the way <laughs> in the design and style and things like that in order to get certain things to happen gingerhead seems pretty confident you'll figure out the energy shield soon enough yeah yeah eventually we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there it's the fusion i'm scared about but the 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 design considerations in changing things and, and tweaking things as we were going i mean the the outer shell model was designed by uh, Maker, who's present on Twitter and, and um, Instagram and a few other places. He hand created the the Infinite helmet based off of the concept art of Halo Infinite before Halo Infinite launched. Okay. He started working on this, you know, sort of April last year right. before yep. before Infinite had actually launched. So he started, you know, creating the the helmet from just images and. And footage that we'd seen in the trailers so far. With his help, we fleshed out the internal geometry for all of the frame that goes internal to the helmet. Obviously, that that never existed before. Yeah. I mean, like we could have used, for example, uh, just a Mark VI helmet model from Cosplay, for example. But the issue is that you still don't have that geometry inside that allows for all the electronics that were necessary for the helmet for it to actually facilitate its function. So we had to flesh that out from from the get go. So we made a, a frame that was as lightweight but as strong as possible. We hybridized the design, so it's it, it's part. It, there's inspirations of Mark VI um, from Halo Three. There's clear inspirations of um, the Halo Infinite helmet. There's also small, subtle um, design inspirations from the uh, from the um, the Mark VI mod from Halo Four and Halo Five. Okay. And obviously, we've also made some very clear changes to the mouthpiece that match now more akin to the Halo TV show. Um, because it made logical sense for us for the communication system. So in order for us to talk out loud and actually be able to be heard, you need to put a communication system into it. So we put a very high-quality speaker directly behind this mouthpiece. Uh, we could have done it on the, on, on, on the actual normal faceplate, like you get on this helmet here, mm-hmm. but it would, be a di- it would be difficult to get the sound out. And the problem is that the proximity then of the speaker to the microphone unit inside meant you just get constant right. feedback. So we had to separate the two the two the two chambers effectively to enable it, it to actually work. So, and the, deci- and the decision to put the HoloLens into it was an- initially not on the cards. Initially, it was going to be that we were going to develop our own proprietary augmented reality system using laser-based Pico projectors like mm-hmm. this. Okay. And uh, initially, the, obviously, that would have involved one the hard the expense of the hardware because a laser-based Pico projector is about two hundred pounds per unit, and we need two. at least yeah. two. Yeah, 
Then we'd need all of the additional software. hardware to actually support to support it. We need a microcomputer built into it. We'd then need to develop the software, you know, proprietary. The realization then is once you start racking up that that cost, yeah, it could probably come in cheaper than what the Hololens costs, but it's also the additional work and effort involved in doing that versus spending $3,500 on a HoloLens 2 and fitting it inside of the helmet and having all of that system already in situ and all you have to do is develop the, the, the software. Yeah. It was a trade-off of time and resources and cost. And personally, the, the parallels <laughs> between the HoloLens and Halo became probably... too eerie to ignore. It might um, be deliberate I mean, you... to some degree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the the Hololens has appeared in Halo Infinite marketing. It was in the um, it was in the Become trailer when you see Mjolnir That's being true. built. There's actually a scientist wearing a Hololens in that. The obviously it, prov- it provides augmented reality HUD overlay, like you know, like you'd expect from Mjolnir. Even the Cortana assistant that's built into this thing is actually the Jen Taylor voiced Cortana assistant. Mm-hmm. So we actually do have the Cortana in the helmet as our little AI assistant, which is fantastic. Yeah. And when we when we initially got hold of CAD files for the Hololens and its and its its size, shape, and, and dimension, in order to start planning how it would actually fit into the into the helmet, we um we lined the two models that we've got up that were developed complete. Obviously, the Hololens was completely separately developed to Mjolnir. Yep. When we lined them up, they fit perfectly. Wow. Like almost deliberately perfectly, which is why obviously it now sits. You can see the computational unit at the back mm-hmm. here, the straps along the sides here. And then the actual Hololens at the front. Here. Wow! And it all fit in, and it was just eerie. So we decided, well, that's that's a clear go ahead as far as we're concerned. It's like it's like fates have aligned. Yeah. The only the only thing I'm I'm thinking now is obviously this looks so cool just as a prototype with the Hololens in situ, although it has dropped a little bit because it's obviously made of the the frame is made of resin, and the resin will obviously is under loading. So it's um where the the Hololens connects in the side up in the top here. This is actually given a little bit, so the Hololens has dropped further than it should have. Well, it's, it's prototyping, so it's it's but it's prototyping. Once it's made out of metal, it'll be more rigid yeah. and it won't do yeah. it. But um, but it's it looks so cool to have this thing laid out the way that it is. That I kind of don't want to take the Hololens out of it, but I also don't think I can justify spending another three thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> on a second Hololens. Right. So I'm kind of hoping, considering Microsoft, you know. Are one of the most powerful companies in the world. They might just kind of give me one, and I don't know. And I think wishful thinking, perhaps. And did you like tweet out like asking for one that was deconstructed or something, so you could just like m- adapt it to to fit or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So um, so the the thing with the the thing with the Hololens is it's got um spatial sensors. The cameras that are on the on the top of the top of the brim of the HoloLens, allow it to detect its surrounding environment. And it's got infrared sensors in the center, along with a camera, that allow it to track things directly in front of it, including gesture control and, and things like that. Now, one of the big things we want to do, obviously, is, is merge this together with other technology. So the HUD has to have a targeting reticle because we see that in the games. The only way we can do that feasibly is to tr- be able to track a weapon. We need that front bar exposed so we need that we need that front bar exposed and the problem is that it, it the the infrared the infrared sensors struggle to see through a gold visor or, or a polarized visor in any degree so what we really need to do is get a deconstructed version or at least one we can de- deconstruct ourselves so we can integrate the sensors and and the cameras and the and the like into the helmet in a more comprehensive way so we'd probably put like the, the spatial sensors for example in the front faces of the of the 
um, brim of the yeah. helmet and just integrate things a little bit better so that then we also have a larger field of view available to us when we've, when we've got the HUDs, um, the HUD system in place. But it also then allows that infrared sensor to see, you know, to, to basically bypass the, the visor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that would allow us to, um, to put infrared tracking nodes onto the rail of a weapon. I've actually got some um, Nerf guns oh, above yeah. me here. Like either um, the white dots or something, something akin to those. Yeah, so it's very, yeah, very, very similar to that. So effectively, we, we, we put two um, infrared nodes on the rail of the weapon with a known distance between the two. So say like 12 inches between the two. And we tell the HoloLens that that's a known distance. Then the HoloLens uses its infrared tracker to find out the distance between one node and the other node and triangulate it. And that gives us our vector. And then from that, we simply tell the HoloLens to superimpose the targeting reticle onto that vector on roughly where the, the, the quote unquote bullets were going right. to land. And then based on its distance to the target, because again, the, the spatial sensors are detecting how far away things are, it changes the, 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 um, the apparent angle or apparent, um, uh, the apparent, apparent size to the user of the target reticle to give an idea of distance oh, so that it's easy yeah. to, to do things like that. HUD zoom is something we want to do and, and implement. And that's quite, set, quite straightforward because, again, the camera in the center of the forehead, it's just a case of redisplaying what that camera can see on the HUD overlay in a zoomed aspect ratio. That's quite straightforward. But again, the camera needs to be able to see clearly ahead of it without being obstructed. So there's loads of different um, functionality that would be massively enhanced by our ability to integrate the HoloLens more comprehensively into the Mjolnir helmet. And I, I, I'm, there's the temptations there. I, I, if I absolutely had to, I would probably, ha- I would probably go out and spend another three and a half thousand pounds on another HoloLens. But I. They don't because again it's crowdfunded. I don't want to. I don't want to just chalk that up and justify it, so to speak, as a nece- as a necessity. If perhaps we can convince the big dogs to kind of help us out, yeah. But, you know, we'll we'll see. That will come with time, I hope. Yep. It kind of reminds me a little bit. Of, I'm sure you know the YouTuber stuff made here. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. I imagine some of the stuff where, like, okay, once you get that targeting radical, like, if you have one of the Halo Nerf Blasters or something, and you test it, and, like, after the iterations of fixing the software and aligning it, and you finally hit it, like, every single time where the radical yeah. is saying it should go. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's loads of things we want to test out, and, it, and it's, it's, I think, something that's become abundantly clear to me, and I, I want to do some more, I want to do some more videos where we dive into this. With, with Project Mjolnir in mind, but actually not specifically looking at Project Mjolnir, but the technology that is out there and available at the moment. Because a lot of technology that's out there matches up with what you'd expect you'd need for a lot of the functionality that we see in-game. Right. So the eerie thing for me is realizing just how close we are to being able to do this. Um, and, and like I said, I, I take great pride in the fact that when I first announced this, I, I did have a... Not a majority, but I had a lot of people say, "Yeah, okay, you're just gonna sp- you're gonna spend a ridiculous quantity of money on on the world's most expensive cosplay way to go," or it's like, "Oh, you know, if all these companies like DARPA and, <laughs> and this, that, and the other can't do it, then some dude on YouTube isn't gonna do it either." And I've I've taken great pride in noticing or remembering some of those names that said that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Coming back to videos and some recent updates and saying, I had no idea that you were actually going to be able to do this. And I, you know, I, I was initially against this, but you're clearly demonstrating that you can do what you say you can do. And that's like, yeah, quite, quite reaffirming. Yeah. When, you, yes. when you've got the tech, technical acumen to like shut up your peers. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll let the um, I'll let the, the continued progress of the project speak louder than than my words. Yeah. But um, like I say, we're we're only at phase one, and there's there's a there's a lot left to do yet. Well, and but, I kind of had this thought in the back of my mind because I know for at least in the states, once you get to a certain part, if you're like a uh, an astrophysicist or a physicist or a chemist or something, you start getting into the things where okay, now you have to be written under NDAs because of like special military type stuff. So I'm wondering if like yeah. you're going to get to a point where it's like okay, you're allowed to do this, but there's kind of military implications to some of this, so now you have to underwrite some parts that are, might have to be NDA or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it would be it'd be interesting. Um, I mean, like I said, because I'm because I'm UK based as well. The um the 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 laws surrounding certain aspects of this development process are are fundamentally yeah. different. Yeah, but it's um, but it also muddies the water. The 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 project that I'm I'm basing this off of is a Microsoft owned IP, and Microsoft is a US established company. It muddies the water <laughs> in that I could have both angles coming at me simultaneously. That that would be an interesting situation to find myself yeah, in. You won't. You really won't know until you get to that point where someone starts asking questions like, "Should this be allowed?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping I've I'm, still got I've still got a lot of breathing yeah, room. So. I, I think yeah, you've got well enough time I think before anything like that. A lot of people have got access to like you know linear actuators and servo motors and like mini robotics and stuff like that. It's just a case of taking that and just upscaling it right. a little bit. I mean, you're not dealing with weapons, but, so yeah, yeah. The the closest thing to weapons we're dealing with is the Nerf guns, and and really <laughs> the Nerf guns are sufficient <laughs> enough to demonstrate a lot of the use case. Right. So yeah, I do have I do have. Full intention, however, obviously this is this is again we're trying to make this as law accurate as possible. So when the time comes that we actually do, and it's it's quickly approaching, we do make the the helmet out of metal. I'm going to see about even if I even if I have to privately fund it, I'm going to see about getting a second helmet hmm. printed and and made in titanium with the aluminium aluminium inner frame and the transparent aluminium visor and everything made up for the purposes of ballistic testing and I'm probably hmm. leaning on the idea of sending that over to Demolition Ranch. Okay. Because one, I've been a subscriber of his for a very long time and I you know I love the content. Two collaboration actually I've ref <laughs> I, exactly. Two, I reference him a lot in regards to ballistic the ballistics of um of titanium specifically. Uh because he did a video a while ago where he, he tested um about an inch and a half of titanium, I believe it was titanium grade five. I might have to, I might have to double check, but he te- he tested that with every caliber he had, up to and including a fifty caliber black tip, uh, which is the armor piercing fifty cal BMG round. Okay. And the thing, and this plate took everything. Wow! And, it, and even even the fifty cal, I mean, the the fifty cal managed to gorge a big hole out of the front of it. There's no two ways about it. And if you were wearing that, it would have knocked him flat like, out, flat on his mm-hmm. ass. Yeah, but um, there was a, there was a very small, very small um, hairline crack on the backside uh, of of Whoa. the plate, but it took it. So, and considering that the um, the the designs we're currently working with, it's irrevocably Mjolnir in in its aesthetic, but we're also making slight design changes based on ballistics application. Uh, based on on exactly. It still looks irrevocably Mjolnir, but um, the average thickness, bearing in mind it's also composite, the average thickness of the chest plate, for example, or one pectoral, one pectoral area, so mm-hmm. to speak, of, the, of, the, of what will be the final design, um, will be pushing two inches of, um, well, it'd be a mix of 
titanium grade five, Kevlar with shear thickening mm. fluid, dilatant armors, and ultra high molecular weight polyethylene layered in such a way to enable as, as good a ballistic properties as humanly possible. Um, so if an inch and a half of titanium grade five can take a 50 cal black tip, we're quite confident that the, um, <laughs> the full two inches gonna, should stand up yeah. to that. And is the armor that you're going to be making throughout kind of, obviously you got the chest, the shoulder pieces, all the other pieces. Mm -hmm. Is that all pretty much using the same kind of materials? You mentioned the titanium, the Kevlar, the aluminum stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. And the the entire thing will be mounted onto a very heavy duty exoskeleton frame. So that by definition, the person wearing it won't actually feel the weight of all of that armor. And it is actually, oddly enough, going to weigh about a half a ton, <laughs> which is, again, more accurate. Um, I calculated that from finding the molecular mass of titanium and, and then extrapolating roughly how much surface area need. we'd need in order to cover. Yeah, and um, it is it is it more or less in the in the ballpark of about a half a ton. Jeez. But, it's, um, but we're also using extremely powerful... Actuators, actuator motors. In in particular, there's a there's a design we we've, we've just kind of um, worked together. And we've I've done some ridiculous levels of research to find <laughs> what's out there already. Um, but we've developed this um, this actuator that, as far as I can tell, doesn't exist anywhere else. Hmm. And we're just going through testing of it at the moment. We're we're, we're getting um, getting uh, units printed. And tested to see if they if they can perform as we expect them to. Okay. And it's from what I can figure, they don't exist anywhere else. So we were also at the same time as trying to use real world technology and what's available right now. We're also simultaneously making innovations in certain yeah. fields, which is something I wasn't expecting on doing uh, during this pro- during this process. But it's well, it kind of a, a, a happy accident. Yeah. Well, and it kind of goes along. With your other goal of the project is to make some, like separate technology that you could, like sell or, like to help either Again, fund the yeah, project or just, yeah. Another big aspect of Project Mjolnir is is not only just to create as as close a close to lore accurate version of Mjolnir as humanly possible, but it's also to reverse engineer some of that technology that goes into something like Mjolnir and make it publicly available. Mm-hmm. So the environment systems, the personal environment systems, I'm sh- I'm sure there are people out there who would love to have um, a skin tight, a form fitting um, suit, effectively that can keep them yeah. completely warm in really cosplayers will be happy with it. Military will be happy with it. Exactly, <laughs> really really cool in hot environments. Cosplayers will love yeah. that. I mean, having to, having to, having to lug around the, the the cosplay suits they've got that they've they've lovingly made, but in blistering heat. On some of like Jerry rig their own thing. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah, but um, having something like that available at a reasonable price point, I'm sure would make a lot of cosplayers very happy. <laughs> right. But it's on on top of that. The um, the again, one of the original plans was to have these laser based pico projectors as the HUD as the HUD technology. Now we're not abandoning that in any great degree. It's just the Hololens is offering a more complete package and, a, and an easier um, development curve, quicker prototyping but, um, as well, probably. Yeah. Exactly. But the reality of these things is, I mean, the Hololens uses two of these, um, and they're so powerful and so and they're so clever. It literally just uses three different laser diodes, the, the three different colors: red, red, green, and blue. And it uses um, a MEMS mirror to scan track the laser 
back and forth and build up an image. Oh, okay. Pixel by pixel. Kind of how like CRTs um, and it worked back in the day. Okay. okay. Exactly. And and it does it and it does it sixty times a second. So these things are ridiculously powerful. And by definition, I mean this this is this is a heatsink here to keep the little control interface. Cool. <laughs> the heatsink for wow. Yeah. But the um, but the actual the actual unit that does the projection that, that actually makes the image is just this black piece. What this you can see the two yeah. ribbon cables uh-huh. here. That this piece here is the only part that actually generates the image. That's the actual lens for the no for the, um, way for the projector there. So the plan is to reorientate this, move this to the end here because they're roughly about the same di- um, diameter. Put it inside a casing and connect this whole module then to um, to a, a wide eye chip. Wi-Fi for display, and that will connect to your smart device. Then what you can do, again, imagining this piece is at the front here, you could mount that onto a pair of glasses, like so, with what I originally intended to use for the HUD systems, which is a refractive membrane. You can project a laser light onto this, and it will refract. Okay. Um, and because it's laser light, it's infinitely focused. So it's even with it being so close to your eye, it's not blurry. Okay. And then, effectively, all you do is you can link that to your smart device and have proprietary information like your notifications, incoming calls, GPS, <laughs> text messages displayed in your vision by a device that's just hung on the arm of your glasses. It's like Google Glasses, but on steroids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's another thing we can do with the um, with the technology. That's incredible. And there's I mean uh, there's there's huge use case. I mean even for the even for the armor systems, like for example the Under Armour. Um, what what would be the um, titanium nanocomposite bodysuit in the law? We're developing a, a similar system, effectively not quite using titanium nanocomposite that's three dimensionally woven, but it's um, <laughs> but using using uh, composite materials, including Kevlar, carbon fiber, uh, some microfoils, um, some polymerized microfoils, shear thickening fluids to create to create an Under Armour that's flexible but able to um, able to stop a larger array of um of caliber rounds okay uh, it's already been proven that three three single sheets um of kevlar with a shear thickening fluid uh gives the same ballistic protection as 15 sheets of just standard kevlar hmm. so and um, so the, the the plan of being able to take some of this technology and actually hopefully bring forward at least prototype designs or, or ideas for innovations for our current troops mm-hmm. body armor yeah so that our our guys in the field are protected better but without you know being ridiculously expensive and the the um, weight may burden also and, be another uh, yeah 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 so it it's um there's there's a there's a lot of different dimensions to the project and different directions that we can go in and um i'm i fully intend to just do it to explore every single one of them i possibly can because if some of this technology can help make people's lives more interesting or safer mm-hmm. or more interactive bring people closer together then i kind of have a duty to do it <laughs> yeah so yeah it's 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 certainly it's certainly a project that started with proportionally humble beginnings but has quickly escalated to something um yeah, wholeheartedly different. Well, I think you had a pretty good kind of baseline to go with, at least kind of when we were on last year talking about, like, you had the technical acumen to really understand a lot of the uh, specifics going into kind of how you mentioned you figured out what combination of Kevlar, titanium, and aluminium you need where and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think 
just showing off what you've been able to make and just proving that you've got enough people behind you that are helping you along with this is absolutely yeah. uh and there is there is a roll call a roll call um video coming as well because we do need a few other people that are more experienced in a certain field so there's there's still open opportunity for people with other experience and and other other knowledge and backgrounds to get involved as well how many folks do you have this uh working on this so far uh currently seven okay seven people including including myself and they, they they all come from different kind of backgrounds. So like I said, we've got a couple of guys who are soft or working on the software mm-hmm. side of things. We got Maker who's doing who's fantastic at um, the modeling and, and the engineering of uh, uh, of the CAD files. We got Harbinger who's um, who's done his own research for many many years in um, in exoskeleton technology and has got some. He's actually responsible for this hmm. this actuator that we've that we've developed okay. that is. Um, as far as I can tell, this doesn't exist anywhere else. And yeah, we've still got open open doors effectively to try to get other people on board who are particularly skilled in um, robotics. That's a very mm. complex field in and of itself. Yeah, particularly skilled in in bio um, biometrics, um, sort of bioengineering. Up of, somewhere in there, yeah, bioengineering, yeah. picking up of neural neural impulses and things like that, and. Um, yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of room for the team to grow, and uh, and yeah, if if it if it keeps going the way it's going, I've got hope that it's going to get to a point where this might actually become quite a big thing. It might actually become yeah, similar to if you think of, of the humble beginnings of like the likes of Hacksmith, for example, mm-hmm. and now it's basically a company. You know, it's got he employs a dozen or so people yep. that. Their full time job is to make this cool stuff, and yeah. uh, and and um, hey, if that's the kind of the direction we're going to go in, then I'm I'm all for it. Yep. Hacksmith tested a few of those. Yeah, yep, yeah. Although I do I duly note that Hacksmith also made his own version of uh of the Mjolnir helmet, which was it was decent, but, uh, <laughs> but you're going to take my, it next my, level. Mine's better. <laughs> mine's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it definitely shows. And I think one of your latest videos, you mentioned that the initial funding was kind of going to the helmet stuff. So what's the next big thing that you're going to be focusing on after kind of wrapping up this initial work with the helmet? Yeah. So um, so the the BDU, the, um, the heating and cooling system, uh, the personal environment suit and the helmet are all part of phase one. I set aside of the budget around about £20,000 to focus exclusively on on phase one it's going to come in once we've got the engineering done because luckily i've still got contacts from from uh from the industry from uh, from my career mm-hmm. uh to be able to call upon to get things done at a much cheaper price than would otherwise be publicly available uh, attainable yeah. yeah it's you know it's not it's not what you know it's who you know in that regard very much is but um it it's going to come in a little bit above it's going to come in about 23 pushing 24,000 but it's still uh, you know well within well within tolerable limits next stage is phase two um phase two is um it's actually already in development because i'm i'm personally heading up the, f- the finishing up of the helmet and um the bdu but obviously because it's it's tailored to me um to my to my exact physical dimension so really the only person that can kind of finish that aspect is you, of yeah team. so phase two is already under development 
Phase two involves uh, the the development of the exoskeleton system, the heavy exoskeleton system that will actually carry the armor plates mm. down the line, as well as the actual power power assist system and the um, and actually mating that together with the body. Okay. So that we can we can actually pick up motion from the user and translate that into powered assist motion for the exoskeleton, so that the individual me wearing can it actually move. doesn't feel doesn't feel the weight, but can also move in it. We're that, that we're we're taking a lot of consideration into how we're going about doing that because obviously you need you need different articulators and different actuators based on different joints of the body yeah. based on what kind of load they're under at any given time. And you also need certain response time. You don't, you don't need it lagging too far behind the user. And we're, we're testing out two different control systems that will probably end up hybridizing and using both, um, which is one, one actually t- um, picks up f- physical motion from muscle contractions and, and um, the, the bending of mm-hmm. joints effectively. So we have some that are uh, uh, electromyograph sensors mm. that pick up the muscle impulse and translate that to a digital signal that can then, can then be used to actuate, um, and others with flex sensors, which are basically variable resistors that as you bend them, so the resistance oh. changes, and you can check that and use that as an input as well. So we've got those on, uh, those on joints to, to double-check that, that motion in the muscle. We're also using what's what we're currently dubbing the proprioception um, frame, and the proprioception frame is basically a frame that is it's going to be connected to those little I've got them here or I've got an example of them here uh, the little there you go the little triangular plates hmm. that were on the BDU in the center of the chest and on on other parts of the body okay. it will connect it will connect to those and at every joint there is um, there is a sensor designed to detect the exact angle of each joint at any given time in respect to each other. And what we can do is we can take that information and feed that through to a robotic system that will then output to the articulation system, which will articulate it in 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 mirror to the proprioception frame, which is quite yes. complex in and of itself. But the technology already exists because the likes... Are, I mean, we've, we've seen it in animatronics in mm. movies since I think it was actually first used on the set of Jurassic Park. Bad. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Jurassic Park, but yeah, yeah. Well, for, for the for the animatronic T Rex, they had they had a small a smaller scale T Rex that they could physically move around, and then the big animatronic T Rex would copy. It would it would mirror. Yeah, it was first used. So we've, it was first used on the set of Jurassic Park from from a uh, from a film um, side of things, but it's also been used extensively by surgeons mm. for the past twenty or thirty years for keyhole surgery specifically where they can use robots oh um, and they use they they use control devices out uh, effectively out away from the patient where they can move different devices and the arms will respond to the surgeon so and i i'm I, i've struggled to find it again i found it during my research and i've really struggled to find it again but i seem to remember a video of elon musk pretty sure it was elon musk who had these these like kind of robotic arms that he could that, that that he was holding onto, he was testing out and playing with, and he lifted them up like that, and a massive robot behind him mirrored the <laughs> the motion that he did. 
I can't. I, I. It might have been Elon Musk. It might not have been. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. It might have been someone else. But I seem to remember seeing a video of that, and I haven't seen it since. But that's basically what we're doing. Either Elon or Boston Dynamics, probably one of the two. Yeah, boss. I should look into. Yeah, because Boston Dynamics have done some fantastic stuff. I, I, again, they're a big focus of a lot of the research I've done. Um, again, as I said the last time we spoke, I've been actively researching this for 15 years, 16 years now, technically, and. Uh, yeah, to be to be here now and actually realizing it and realizing the technology that that goes into Mjolnir already exists. It's just that no one's put it together in the right way yep. yet. Is a really strange place to find myself in. And um, as I, as I recall as well, Elon is a fan of Halo, <laughs> so right. maybe maybe I need to reach out to Elon and um, <laughs> make him an investor. You're going to be the next Elon. <laughs> you can see it now. Yeah. Hey Elon, I need your help right. or something. You you already mentioned you were a fan of the Warthog Christ. with the Cybertruck, so uh, yeah, Halo. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Next next thing we'll you see. know, we we see Installation Zero Zero going on the Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. Time will oh, tell. Oh man. Uh, well, that's. I mean, a lot of the progress that you've made on the armor has been really cool, and the GoFundMe is is still up, and you're still taking contributions through the GoFundMe, and yep. I'm assuming some of the, your Patreon stuff is probably helping fund some of it as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's like I said, I've, I've been researching it privately for a very long time, for 16 years, and I've I've made lit like for all that time I was making private kind of contributions yeah. into figuring out small things and doing small prototypes and things like that for all this time. But it got to a point where I where like I said when I when it came around to time to think right, this is actually something that needs to happen. Um, and once I realized I had the platform to to, to be able to do this, uh, to actually to actually have a reputation that people would believe me, it would be believable, you know, coming from coming from me, and um, people would support me in that endeavor. It was it was a moment of, of realization of yeah, I, I there are other people out there that are passionate about this that could help out and make this actually turn into a reality, and and the response I've received it, from people who have supported the the project, supported me. Even people who haven't who haven't donated to the, the GoFundMe or, or to Patreon or to whatever else the case may be, but people have just liked the liked the posts, shared them, got them out to a larger audience, you know, posted them on different forums and, and this, that, and the other, and and just got the got the word out. Effectively, have been absolutely and utterly invaluable, and and it's even it's even seen. I mean, the donations is fantastic anyway. We're just over 10 percent of the budget on uh, or ten percent of the way there, effectively. And uh, and just seeing just seeing those those people donate their hard earned money to a cause uh, to design a, a and build a real life working suit of Mjolnir is just so cool. Yeah, it really is, and so so humbling to 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 to, to have so many people's trust that that they'll support something like that. And even even seeing the same names month to month, who, who it's, it's almost like they've set up a direct debit or something. And and they they're donating the same quantity of money each month to keep things going. It's just it's just so cool, and and I can't thank everyone who's donated so far and supported the project and liked and shared and commented and and gotten involved and even the people who actually are working with me to do this. I just can't thank all of them enough. It's just insane, absolutely insane. Well, you definitely deserve it. I mean, you, the work that you've put in and what you've shown so far is. I think 
a lot of people can probably agree that you definitely have shown you're capable and that you're going to be able to pull this through whatever the outcome is going to be so yeah yeah like I said, just be able, just coming in here each morning and seeing that thing sat on the side you're just like <laughs> i can't believe this right? is real this right? is so cool right <laughs> so that's that's wow. a lot about the the armor that you're working on um what about mm. some of the other content like you've branched out a little bit more since we talked last on your youtube stuff yeah you mentioned i think when we were on last year you mentioned starting to dig into lore core and kind of branching out a little bit. Yep, that's right. And then obviously you continued on with some of your your normal kind of classic series, like most detailed breakdown, armory, lore and theory. So, mm-hmm. what's what's kind of the last year of content uh, been like? You still kind of doing the same stuff, and I've yeah, I've I've mixed things up a little bit. Um, I'm I've for a long time I I stepped away from a few of my more popular playlists, um, I, I put my more popular kind of styles of content. I stepped away from Armory for quite a long time, where I was sort of reviewing wep- weapons. I stepped away from... There's probably only so many things in the Armory that you can do until a new game comes out, so that makes a little sense. This, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, I stepped away from Mythos, Classified Materials. Um, law, the Lore and Theories dropped drop down quite dramatically, and, and the most detailed for quite a long time um, went without any love. Just because I was caught up with a lot of other, uh, a lot of other stuff I was doing with Installation Zero Zero, like the cartographer series that um, that we were, that me and Dashi were doing, and a few other things I was doing, and alongside doing everything else I was doing with the other channels and getting them up and running. Right. But more re- more recently, and um, we're we're talking within the next uh, the last uh, two or three months, I've returned to form, okay. returned to law uh, to law and theory videos, returned to most detailed breakdowns, classified materials making a, ter- a return, Mythos has already made a return, Armory has already made a return. So yeah, I've, I've kind of returned to my kind of old style content, but also keeping hold of Project Mjolnir and a few other things that people have sort of grown accustomed to seeing from me, while simultaneously still growing these other three channels. Um, the, the, the lore core specifically as as i've i've quite enjoyed starting to to collate a large backlog of content for that focused at things like mass effect deus ex crisis doom things just different game franchises because one i'm extra- extremely passionate about a couple of these games i mean mass effect deus ex amongst halo obviously as some of my favorite game franchises of all time um, and getting the opportunity to give them the same treatment that I've given Halo has been fantastic. But it's also, it's also mainly as, uh, and it's terrible to say, it's a, it's a survival tactic because there was a there was a big boom in excitement right when Halo Infinite launched. I saw one of my most my, one of my, my most profitable months um, in December through to January. With the launch of Halo Infinite and and the ma- amount of views that everything was getting just went through the roof, and February just died. It was just yeah. gone. And since since February, every single month now, content has just it's just not it's just not hitting the same chords. And I I the only thing I can chalk it up to, just through being as entrenched in the community as I am, the only thing I can chalk it up to is that the community are just devastated with the state of, of Halo at the moment. And and I mean Halo Infinite's 
I've I've really enjoyed Halo Infinite. I'm probably one of the very very small minority of people that really enjoyed the Halo TV series. Well, we're, we're there with you. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. We, we we had an episode to talk about the whole series when when I had a chance to binge watch it because I wasn't gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but because of because of a kind of a, a few knock on effects, and this the kind of state of the gaming franchise in general, like the the gaming industry. Sorry, not franchise. The gaming yeah. industry in general. Um, this the 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 the, the, the trouble with microtransactions, the culture of crunching within game industry creators and yeah. some changes in, in management and some changes in creative direction of of Halo amongst a lot of others. It's it's we've we've ended up with this this really unfortunate situation now where interest in Halo is despite being within a year of the launch of the most recent game is at an all time low. And it's absolutely devastating to to see that and to to see how much community are hurting and they're they're crying out for changes to be made. So like I say, the the the, the diversification of of my content over to other things is a desperate survival tactic because Yeah. And I'm not alone. A lot of the other content creators are doing the same thing. I know Hidden Xperia he's now he's now branched out, he's doing Metal Gear Solid, he's doing yep. SCP stuff and, and and things like that. It's awful that Halo Cannon has decided I'm I'm done. I'm stepping out. Yeah. I mean that was that was a. I mean I've been a canonite since before I was Mister Zero Zero. So to see Halo Cannon disappear is just been devastating. We've and 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 in it seems like in the past kind of year and a bit, two years maybe, some big names um, within the content creators have just gone, and it's and it's leaving us with these huge unfillable voids. And yet we're still not getting this, uh, this boost that we the community sorely needs, needs, yeah, to get back on track. Halo Infinite had so much promise in in the way that they initially responded to the struggles, trials, and tribulations that they had in regards to COVID and and um, and the and the, the reception of the of the art style and a few other things like that. They were very quick to change that and to turn things around, and they've res- they've responded and evidently listened to. The criticisms of, of 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 Halo Five and Halo Four and the art style um, art style debates and this that and the other and that first trailer where we see the Chief's helmet and it's that perfect E chord that you remember from Marty O'Donnell's yep. score of of Halo Three was instant nostalgia and it had so much promise to to pull us back to that that golden era of Halo and it's flopped and it's 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 so heartbreaking so heartbreaking to see. And one of the, th- yeah, I think one of the things that you kind of touched on, it's a lot of the community has really, it, it takes, it's a lot of tough times to really just look at the game and be like, okay, like, like the campaign I think has been almost universally praised for kind of how the campaign has gone, but the multiplayer, which has been the life and breath of Halo for quite some time has just suffered, but yeah, yeah for for those that are still around and loyal to the cause, it's it's kind of slim pickings for people yeah, that are it. kind of more that's in it. and out. But I mean, from a like I say, from a content creation standpoint, just for me personally, I mean, Halo Infinite launched, and I thought, great, it's Zeta Halo. The the lore that it's that Zeta Halo is saturated in is yeah. absolutely unprecedented. We're going to have an enormous lore drop, 
and there's going to be so much content to do things on. And when, when you really boil it down on what happened actually in the campaign, when you really boil it down to its, to its bare bones, it didn't really touch on any of it. It brought in the Endless, a new faction. You know, it more, more thoroughly explored the Banished, a faction that we'd been introduced to in Halo Wars. But aside from that, it didn't, it didn't really touch the history of Zeta Halo. It didn't touch ancient, ancient humanity. The Flood aren't involved. And well, and, and that's a big question mark, I think, of because Microsoft had, or three for three had this whole it's a ten year platform. So mm. I could see one side where it's setting up the platform to maybe bring some of that stuff in, but yeah, now with three for three trying to focus on fixing the bugs in the game and for content, that possible DLC or whatever is going to be the next kind of campaign story has been put on the back burner. So. Exactly. All the- and again, it's it's an it's a, another you know it's another kick to the community that yeah want want this to be as good as it possibly can be. And, and it's not like three four three is like intentionally trying to. Oh like, yeah, cool. It's, it's just it's, not it's like just that's how the gaming yeah. industry, unfortunately, yeah, exactly. is. It's it's a very it's not, cut it's not like they're actually yeah going out of their way to <laughs> right. to purposefully undermine <laughs> right. and destroy Halo because it that's contrary to their best interests. Exactly. But yeah. um, but it's. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, it's the, the culture of the gaming industry has changed. And also, the, I think the culture of, of the community has changed fundamentally. And the expectations, yeah. It, ex, ex, I was exactly about to touch on it. Yeah, the, the expectation of, I don't like this, so it shouldn't exist, but I like this, so it should. I want the same, but I want different. <laughs> I want something new, but I want you to keep it nostalgic. Right. It's, it's like... That's a really that's a really difficult list of requirements, and and this like I say the expectation for this to be delivered that fast, when in any capacity, uh, gaming the, the the development of a game is a difficult is a difficult field at any time anyway because there's so many interreliant systems in the, pro- yeah. in the process of developing a game. You tweak one thing, it can throw another thing out. So especially now with how much more sophisticated games are not just the not just the graphical fidelity, but the complexity of the system behind the scenes, the networking system, the engine, how they how they go exactly the, the the engine and all this is so much more complicated now. Yeah, the the ex that us to expect a fix to some big problems to happen that quickly is unreasonable to to expect. Yeah, but it doesn't change that that very loud outcry. For, for the desire for change, sure. and the longer it goes, the longer it goes on, the more people are are antagonised by it, and that obviously then fuels more frustrations, and it just becomes an awful cycle. Yeah, and I really, I, I, I completely appreciate the community's frustration. I'm amongst them. I'm, I'm frustrated on how Halo, Halo Infinite could have been the rebirth of Halo. It could have really pushed Halo Infinite and Halo to the top of all the leaderboards all over again like it did back in its heyday. Because I've, I've been with Halo since the beginning, since Halo CE. And I've seen it right, and I saw it how powerful the platform, the, the game and the platform became at the apex of Halo 3. And even carried through the ODST and, and, and with Reach, how powerful it, it, it remained. And then we've had this, this, this slope off. I'm, I'm amongst the community in, in my frustration for a desire for Halo to to really attain its potential. Yeah, but I also I also completely and utterly 
feel sympathy for the developers to have to deal with this kind of um, this kind of situation while also dealing with all of the strains and struggles and and, and everything that's going on in the gaming industry in general yep. dealing with the complexity of the system that it is in general and also coming off of the back of a pandemic the likes we haven't seen in a century mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's it's a complex and, and and interlinked issue yep well and we were talking about this a little bit but, on our last podcast or our last episode mm-hmm. but one of the main things is the studio is in between the gaming industry and execs who are demanding one part and then the community who's demanding another part. And most of the time those are at odds with each other and it's the brunt of the developer. So you have the stakeholders in Xbox and Microsoft that are telling 343, hey, you need to do this. We need to mm. do all this stuff. And then you have the community and you have, we have these demands and then they're being smashed and pulled in yep. opposing directions. So. That's it. And gaming industry has, I think ever since it's become mainstream, like mid-2000s, late-2000s in that area, that's where a lot of that strain and attention from the community side and then the investment and stakeholders and publisher side of things, that's where mm-hmm. a lot of the strain comes in. Because I think one of the universal arguments from the community is we don't want microtransactions. The whole customization monetization all that stuff we don't want it yet that's what gamers wallets are telling publishers and producers that that's what sells games so exactly yeah but to get off that tangent real quick though uh before we wrapped up i wanted to get your take a little bit uh since you kind of mentioned the silver timeline with the tv show Mm. and seeing some of the differences and taking your technical expertise seeing the differences between what we've seen in lore of the games and the books from a technical standpoint to what we saw in the TV show. What are some of the notable differences that you picked out between the two? Um, I think obviously obviously the, the most clear and indicative fundamental difference between the two that I like I said, I've covered this a lot in the Gold versus series, yeah. Silver series and I've been thinking about it a lot um, for additional lore videos I want to do anyway. The the single biggest fundamental difference that's I think is the motivating motivating factor as to why so many things other things in the silver timeline are so vastly different from what we see in the gold timeline, all stems back to the way in which the Spartans were indoctrinated, mm. the way they were conscripted into the UNSC, and I covered that really heavily in one of the episodes of, of the gold of gold versus uh, silver in the gold timeline or the. You know the games, the game timeline. Yep. Chief and the other Spartan twos were kidnapped as children, mm-hmm. replaced by Flash clones, and were brought to Reach, where they were conscripted. And Holsey had a conversation with her AI assistant Deja right before speaking to the to the the, the, um, the new Spartan children for the first time, and. Deja advised, recommended that she lie to the, to, the, to the children in regards to why they were conscripted, why they were why they were chosen. And Halsey shut it down and said, "No, I'm not lying to them. I'm going to tell them the truth because if I lie to them, that runs risks that when they do discover the lie, they could turn against us." To which Deja responded, "Okay, well, in which case, maybe selective amnesia might be a good idea. So no, we're putting these children through enough." 
deliberately erasing parts of their memory could make them even more volatile and, and push them further than they already have been. We're not doing that either. Then she went and spoke to the children and she told her how it is. You've been called upon to serve. You won't be seeing your families again, but you are the best of humanity and we will make you into the best of humanity and we need you to fight this to fight this fight for us because if you don't humanity's doomed basically mm-hmm. you know in, in paraphrasing yep in the silver timeline the exact opposite happened in the silver timeline that Halsey which i i despise that Halsey <laughs> but i love i love hating her right because so like, i think because the most like so with Palmer it's like yeah. people don't like Palmer because of the kind of lines that she throws down but like she's exactly the type of character that you would see in in the military so yeah, yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, go the ahead. um the the original Halsey I love because she's morally grey. She's she's there's a lot of depth and and and, and complexity and, uh, complexity to her character, and over time, even her her particular approaches to things changes fundamentally. And it's just fascinating to see that process happen. With this Halsey, she's very black and white, and she she's the war criminal that she, that the more recent episode and uh, the more recent game, sorry, have told us Halsey is, when in reality that's just the opposite of naval intelligence picking their fall guy. Yep. But in the Silver Timeline, she really is the freaking war criminal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, the polar opposite happens. She lies to the Spartans from the get-go. She manipulates the Spartans. She, she literally... I, I've, I've checked. <laughs> she ticks all of the boxes for a narcissistic sociopath. She, so so credit to, credit to uh, Natasha, who plays... Who plays Dr. Halsey? She, I don't know if she's fully aware or she did the research or whatever like that, but she literally has got the portrayal of this Halsey down and ticks every single box perfectly hmm. to classify a narcissistic sociopath. And um, yeah, she lies to the children, she manipulates them, she controls them, she controls practically everything around her. Yep. She goes through that whole selective amnesia effectively through the through the um, the implant in the in the in the lower spine. Yep. And all of that culminates in almost being, a, in, I suppose if you wanted to look at it like this, it's almost a what-if series, where what if Halsey lied to them? What if Halsey did do selective amnesia rather than telling them the truth and doing what she did in the gold timeline? And when you, when you look at it like that, then everything else starts to make sense because then yeah. John, for the first time ever, is feeling emotions for the first time ever is realizing he's been lied to his entire life for the first time ever realizes his family was killed by the office of naval intelligence probably under the instruction of dr halsey he was replaced by a flash clone a, a, a mocker a, 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 you know a sort of physical mockery of himself that would eventually die and perish shortly thereafter right. anyway all of his military career he's been sent to kill both aliens and humans. He, you know, he was he was there with the um apparently you know from that flash or from that conversation he had with Quan. He was there and and, and attacked the insurrectionist um insurrectionist gathering that was actually peaceful, but he was given orders to kill. Yep. So he he has followed orders. He's taken human lives. He's been lied to. He's been manipulated. He's been controlled. He's ev- everything you could possibly do to a to a soldier. What if the complete opposite in- thing happened? Yeah. I like that. I Very like much that. Soldiers, soldiers are in a difficult position enough with having to deal with with you know the 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 the, the, the horrors of war, the theatres of war, and we were even touching upon that in Halo Four that so, that the Spartan twos were damaged, and they were, and they are because they've been through horrific conditions in order to save humanity, but they do so because it's their charge. 
you add on top of that all that other crap and you push a soldier, soldier to their breaking point. Even a soldier as powerful and as strong-minded and strong-willed with as broader shoulders as the Master Chief has, you push him to breaking point and that's what you get. You get a soldier then who's defying orders, who's not seeing things rationally or clearly, who's experiencing his emotions for the first time ever, um, who's experiencing rage for the first time ever, who's experiencing physical attraction for the first time ever, who's experiencing all these different aspects of the human of the human condition that we've had our entire lives to adjust to and to and to come to terms with. He's going through all of that in minutes. Yeah, just a <laughs> and um, crash course. Yeah. So of course it's uh, it was it was the the, the storyline that was told was was going to be erratic and was going to be difficult and and that's just ignoring what was going on behind the scenes in regards to the development of the of the TV series in regards to it being it obviously involved two different two different companies in the first instance the second series is now only being run by by Paramount I know Showtime were involved in the first one. In the first one, they're not in the second one. Okay. And Showtime, Showtime, tends to lean more towards drama to drama love story, kind of that sort of mm. aspect of things. And Paramount lean more towards the hard sci-fi action kind of thing. So we're, you know, there's hope for season two already. And from what I'm seeing um, through social media and obviously through uh, something of a of a of a professional acquaintanceship mm. acquaintanceship is that a word yeah, with I, yeah, Pablo yep. the master chief it's, it's season 2 is already looking like it's a one a big step away from what season 1 was okay but in all the right ways so interesting and all right. and the and obviously at some point the conversation between myself and Pablo is is going to happen as well we we made it it was relatively public that me and Pablo were going to sit down and have a chat okay when the TV series was first airing, or shortly after the TV series was first airing, then due to the response, the negative response that um, that was happening, and and how aggressive it became in quite a short space of time, myself and Pablo made the decision. Hold on, step away. Let's just hold back a bit and give it some time to just just settle and to calm down, and we'll readdress this. And we've we've since spoken. And um, it's more than likely going to happen as um, me, me and him are going to have our sit down and our proper conversation and, and, and really flesh things through on the on the rise up to season two, season two being aired. That's great. So that's that's still going to happen. It's just on the back burner, and he's he's great as well. Like I'll admit, I'm a little jealous. To him, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. He's fantastic. It's 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 he's he's I don't know. He's just such an easy guy to talk to. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's it's and the fact that I was brazen enough to actually you know reach out to him in the first place on Twitter of all places, and he responds in character to me to 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 do it. You know, you know, I I um what it was his exact words. I serve humanity. If you do too, then we should talk. And it was like, oh yeah, that's, this is that's happening. really cool. This is happening. Well, I will be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I'm still going to rub it in his face that my helmet's probably better than his as well, but you know that's that's by the by. May ask for a favor later, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that'll be really cool. Uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on for that when it when it comes out. They haven't announced a, like a release or anticipated release for season two, right? They just said it's in production and it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's in it's in production. He's he's back to work. He's doing he's doing what he does. Um, I know he's been on holiday. He's been here, there, and everywhere. He had some some chill time in. 
few places I think he's been in Europe quite a lot actually and uh, yeah he's back to work by all appearances and then they're they're surging ahead so Great to hear. I would imagine once production's out of the way that I think I think he said he wanted I, th- I think they were aiming on getting practically all the production out of the way by definitely over the summer I think maybe maybe September end of September to November, September to October I think he said as I recall production will be hopefully out of the way and then it's all post-production, post-production. And then all the CGI and yeah. all that sort of stuff then hopefully maybe in the spring uh maybe in the spring we could see season two being out in which case you might be able to, you might be expecting um mine and pablo's chat in january february uh, yeah. somewhere in there january february somewhere yeah all right yeah, that kind of time fingers crossed that's going to be one heck of an interview it is yeah i'm, I'm gonna make sure I'll, yeah i'll make sure i touch all the bases and uh Dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And- that could be a long interview. It could be. It could be. But uh, I've, rec- I've recommended he get his favourite drink and, and relax relax into his chair a little bit because I want to I touch on, obviously, Halo. I want to, you know, yeah. um, t- touch upon that. I want to I politely address some of, the dif- some of the difficulties in Season 1 and its reception and this, that, and the other without going too deep into it and m- focusing much more so on the future and how um, season two is going to pan out, but I also want to get to know him as a character or as a so, person, as an actor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And and because because it seems like, again, there's some there's some parallels between between himself and uh, between him and myself. Sorry, you know, we're both family men, both got kids. You know, we 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 he's six five, I'm six four, so he's an inch taller than me. <laughs> so Damn so it. him and I are the same height then. Oh, you're six five as I well. I'm six five. Yeah, beast. Yeah, so I should have hit yeah, you up I, when I, I was of, in when I was in uh, London for I was in London in December. Oh, yeah. <laughs> next next time I'm over there, I, I need to remember to reach out. To please you. do, please yeah. do. Well, the, the, the actually uh, on that note, um, I've I renewed my passport recently because I have all intention on getting out stateside. Probably, well, ne- definitely next year. I want to get to some of the some of the big events and this that because I've, I've the pandemic happened right at the start yeah. when I started getting big. Well, the closest thing that you stopped. have is either probably insomnia or games insomnia from a land thing, then and Gamescom from a convention perspective. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so um, so I have all intentions on getting out stateside and going to some of the big events and and yeah, actually showing my face in person to some of these events and hopefully networking with some with some subscribers and other people of the community because it's not happened and it should have by now but mitigating circumstances yep it's kind of restarting the train a little bit to get that going that's it yeah 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 well um i know i've kind of taken you over the hour that i promised we'd probably try to stick to but i want to open up the floor to anything else that you want to uh talk about before we have you on again next year (laughs) probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and get another update on how Mjolnir is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll just be thundering in here in an entire suit by then. But I'd, I'd probably not. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> I'll um, I'll definitely make sure if I do make out of stateside next year, I'll bring the um, I'll at least bring the BDU. Okay. And uh, and and show up to some events with that at least. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that, I I don't know a huge amount else to to touch upon. Obviously, I, I sort of try to stay relatively ear to the ground with with what's going on across the community. I know you guys have been sort of doing, doing your thing and, and, and keeping fighting the good fight. Like yes. I, I, I did, I did, um, I did notice you were covering the, 
Halo TV series, but I know a lot of like different places were covering the Halo TV series. And at the at the height of it, I was just thinking, I just don't want to hear the negativity. <laughs> so I kind of stayed away from everyone. But now I know that you guys are actually in support of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive yeah. in and have a and go back over your content because that'd be that'd be fun to have a look at. We, there there were a couple of things that were just like not sure we agree with this specifically. I think the, the biggest yeah. thing that I think for us was a disconnect was how 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 Cortana could appear without kind of any holographic projector type thing. That was the big. Yeah. That was the what? big like. <laughs> okay, this really doesn't fit. But other than that, we were pretty. Yeah. I think we were pretty even keel positive about. It's like Cortana response. was injected directly into his brain, but somehow just can manifest in front of him. It's like I could just and in front of others, yeah. A projector built into it, or I don't know, right? It's, yeah. So that that was the only like yeah. okay. I think they slipped on this in production. Mm. That's like the, the yeah, major. Okay, this shouldn't fly, but everything else was like okay. As long as you like separate out, this is a separate timeline within just kind of how mm. the Halo universe. Look, the core and the fundamentals of it exists. It's just like if you look at the Star Trek reboot or mm. or any any other yeah. franchise that has a reboot of some kind. It's like okay, this is within the universe as far as the foundations and the pillars and the functionality of how it works and the intricacies. But the story is just completely a a separate tangent of what mm. we know in the mainline campaign. So. Yeah, well, f- fingers crossed. They maybe try to fix a few of those things, kind of, you know, yeah, going into season two. Maybe, maybe Ch- Chief finally gets an upgrade and actually has a chip put in. That would be kind of cool. Maybe, so he can actually unplug her if he needs to. <laughs> but um, instead of but having to tell her um, to shut up, yeah, just shut up. Yeah, it's just that. I mean, to be fair, even like the, the once they actually grew, grew used to each other and they had that little bit of banter. I think it was yeah. after he got like beat up by the other members of Silver Team. That little bit of banter where she said, "Oh, can I? I'll, I'll wait for a more or a less beat up model or something like that." <laughs> and that little bit of banter between them was like, "Yes, yep. that that's chief. That's chief and Cortana." When they got to the point where it's like, "Okay," because Chief had to get to that point where he trusted Cortana. And when Cortana proved herself to Chief, that one's when Chief yeah. started to open up a little bit. It's like, "Okay, maybe I'm not fully there yet, but I'm starting to get there." And yeah. now, I mean, you've seen the whole TV series, right? Yeah, but now at yeah. the end where it's Cortana in the suit and Chief, we don't know what if Chief's actually alive or not. Yeah. He's a Spartan. He's 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 alive. He's just he's having a nap. As Chief does from time to time. Oh, Penn's but, you um, bring up a good point. Or I'm gonna translate your point. The whole part where Cortana was talking about, I don't know if I can bring you back because basically like overriding Chief's brain, basically. Yeah. Maybe the chip is something a way for her to download and kind of release herself from the brain. Ah. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Tag tag yeah, teaming like it. Tag like teaming it. Mm. And pins your that'd be cool. And pins you, you nailed it because that's what Martin said. Is it's a what if of of Halo? It, it frustrated <laughs> me because when they when they actually took when they actually took the like the the fluid I suppose that was Cortana out of whatever device it is that generated it in the first place, mm-hmm. they took it out of an AI chip. Right, right. Just use that. <laughs> But I don't know. Creative, creative don't, differences I mean, just, or, or something. Yeah, it's a few things like that were just like, uh, what? Hang on. So, <laughs> like, ref. What, why did, why just, why was he just, why not a jackal? Why couldn't he, if, if, if you wanted him to be human, okay, be human. Just don't name him ref. Name him Graham and he would have had the same effect. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, just. <laughs> well, or we'll, if you're going to call him ref, actually make him a jackal, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not entirely. We'll, we'll, yeah. I mean, it's, 
Mm. I'm sure there are reasons behind certain production elements, but yeah, yeah. more more than likely, yeah. yeah. But that's that's a good. I know I like that. I like the, I, that that could that could be a really good cool way to finally get back to the whole chip, chip thing. Cortana. Idea. Yeah, that would work. Could be. Hey, if if any if if this gets out to anyone you know from from Paramount or from from the Halo TV series who are kind of thinking on little plot ideas, you know, yeah, that one's just free and out there if you want it. <laughs> Well, because one of the cool things about Halo Two was this, and Halo Three was this fact that you were disconnected from Cortana, and Chief's mm. whole thing was like keeping Cortana safe and going and rescuing her. And then obviously, the story part of what the Halo TV show is going to be doing is going to be different. But I think that's a, that's another that reason tension's why tension's always good for storytelling. Yeah, I think that's another reason why um why in Halo CE, three four three Guilty Spark was such an eerie level because you grew so used to having Cortana talking you through all these different. And she's situations not as you're going level to level to level to level. Then you get the three four three guilty spot. You've left her at the control room, so you're now alone and there's nothing. And it's like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm on my own. That's, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, man, we got we got to do this more often than once a year. Yeah, Ta- we do. talk yeah, some we do. more. Just, yeah, just hit, talk hit Halo. Like, so I'm, I'm making I'm making live stream. You know, more of a more of a common thing. If you yeah, if you've got five minutes, sure, or, or an hour, or two, or three. Just <laughs> I wanted to jump on some of your yeah, just, some of your uh, chats in your Discord, but they're always right before our podcast, or they used to be because they used to be on Thursdays. Oh right, used to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, so I've moved them to um, I've moved the the general chats to Fridays, and generally speaking, if I'm doing a chat where I want to talk um, about stuff that I want to eventually put onto the zero zero lounge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually on Saturdays. Okay. So I'm about to drop yeah. into one of those at some point. Yeah, we're also starting a community game nights soon enough Ooh. as well. Where where okay, we'll probably do. It'll probably be like a like we'll it'll be like like almost hot seat in. So it'll be like a big team battle on hey say Halo, Halo Infinite. We'll go in with as many people as we can. Rotate. Then as we come back out, we'll just rotate and get new people. You know, and and so everyone gets a chance to to game. Yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, if ever you feel like a. Jumping in and having a game or two. Yeah. Just give me a shout. Be happy to. Nice. Uh, and I'll extend the invitation to some of your listeners here, too. Uh, we do ours on Fridays mm-hmm. at 8.30 Eastern. It's a little late for folks in the UK. That'd be 1.30 uh, your guys' time. But for those that are up late... There's a lot of people in my <laughs> yeah. Discord in, in my area that are still up at that time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite lately. I think they did Halo 5 last night. We always leave it up to uh, a Discord poll on what game we play. But... Mostly do infinite, and once we get a b- large enough party, we'll swap over from Fiesta or something to big team Fiesta. and play. So, nice, yeah, mm. we love Fiesta. That's one of our go tos. Nice. So I I did link in the Twitch chat for those who want to go and uh, help contribute to the Mjolnir project. If people are interested in Thank that, uh, for those that are, are downloading the show as well, check out the uh, description of the show or check out our website and our Twitter. We'll post a link everywhere for people to go find out more information. Um, check out installation zero zero on YouTube for all of his project updates, all of his um, lore videos that he's doing and bringing back. So uh, lots of really cool content that you're creating. And I, I'm still blown away with how hardworking of a man you are with the project, raising the family, doing all the videos and just, you are a workhorse, man. It's it's a, it's a lot to do, but somehow I make it happen. Somehow you do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to. There's no there's no other choice. True, that's very true. Um, well, floor is yours for any last minute plugs before we wrap this up. And again, thank yeah, you for well, being on. I say, 
yeah well thank you for having me like i say you've touched all the major bases you know i'm uh, i'm on youtube on four different channels installation zero zero law core multiverse uh the zero zero lounge and ambient wonders they all do different kind of content so have a little look around and see what what fits you best yeah we're streaming more we're on discord we're on practically every social media platform going project Mion is surging ahead and we've still got the gofundme live and there's a roll call coming for getting more people involved who have um, experience in in particular fields we're looking for. Interview with Pablo will will get to um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it eventually. And yeah, in, in just in general, I'm 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 around. And hey, if you have any advice or or any uh, any suggestions on on events specifically, I should be keeping my eyes out stateside to to in order to actually make a, a physical appearance. Please let me know. Well, I would definitely say World Championship if you can manage that. And mm-hmm. the majority of the cosplayers hit up local comic cons. I think SDCC is probably the biggest one. Okay. And then PAX West is in Seattle. So it's 343's backyard. Okay. They're not doing anything special this year since they're kind of heads down crunch. But next year might be mm-hmm. a little bit of a different story. But fingers crossed. Yeah. From my time in the. Halo community and traveling to events and, and whatnot, I would say definitely check out the HCS events and some of the larger conventions like GamesCon, uh, San Diego Comic Con, RTX if you're into that kind of thing. I think they've kind of separated out a little bit from the Halo stuff a little bit. But PAX West is certainly another, I think, good opportunity. But yeah, if there's anything else people can think of, feel free to give Installation Zero Zero a a note in his discord or on his Twitter. It'll be cool to see you come to the States and maybe actually meet you in person. I, I try to get to well, at least every, uh, Oh man. Is that you gifting subs? Yeah, that's me. Oh wow. Thank you, man. You're welcome. That's a 10. Wow. All right. 10 gifted subs. That's usually Pence's job, but no, thank you so much for, for <laughs> contributing. Sorry, I just do, do I still just no, do Penn's job? No, you're, you're fine. We always joke Thanks around. Thanks for plugging my, um, my channels there, by the way, Pens. But yeah, it'll be hopefully great to see you in person. I go to at least all the world finals for HCS. And Ooh. I'm going to PAX this year for the first time since 2018 or 2019 when right before COVID hit. So I'm starting mm. to pick up that convention and event train again myself. I wonder if Outpost Discovery is coming back at any point. That's a big wild card question at the moment. It'd be nice if it did. I know a lot of people want to nice, see it to come back. They, they never did it on, they never did it, you know, sort of. Europe, over in Europe, in, yeah. or in Britain. So I, they they if, had um, plans. If that's coming back. I'll make sure I'll make my way out there. I know they had plans uh, before COVID hit, and but then, then COVID yeah. threw everything off. So I, yeah, that's a big question mark. That mm. I, I would love to see it come back. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe even with Mjolnir and everything, maybe I'll I'll be pulled out to three four three industries at some point, and uh, and they'll. Yeah, slap me with an NDA and a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what you're doing, nah. but eh, you need to stop. Yeah, yeah, but you need to stop. Yeah, now nah, so far it's been all, it's been all support from the guys at Three Four Three. So fingers crossed, it stays that well, way. Well, with everything that you've gotten support wise, like likes on Twitter from Three Four Three, Bungie, Xbox, and all that stuff, I like. Yeah, you're hitting all the right notes at least. So it's long may it continue. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, Martin, for hopping on. Uh, let's not thank wait a year before me. we do this again. No, 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 no. Sooner. Yeah. Much sooner. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Thanks again for coming on.
Cheers. And thanks everyone for in the Twitch chat for tuning in and listening for all the new follows uh, as well. Appreciate everything that you guys are doing to support Installation 00 and all of his shenanigans with uh, all the lore videos and Project Mjolnir and with a couple of follows. Thanks for uh, coming on over and we do our main podcast Thursday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1.30 UK time. Um, game nights on Fridays at the same time as well. So if you're up and are interested in listening to uh, the normal podcast or want to come play with us, feel free to hit us up. So thanks to everybody. Uh, we're out here. We will catch you guys somewhere on the internets. <laughs> Take it easy. Whether it's in Halo or whether it's another podcast. Thank you for listening to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Check out our website, podtacular.com, and join the community on Discord at podtacular.com slash Discord. If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fragon Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and Achieving Halo on Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks.